mean that. I count it a great privilege to have him come and preach to this church. Amen. And uh, we've traveled the world together and uh, gone to Israel together, made a number of trips to Africa together. And uh, I just, the more that I'm with him, the more I love and appreciate him. Amen. I'm going to tell you, every time he has been to New Life, he has ministered to this church. And I appreciate that very, very much. I, I just don't hardly let him off the hook when it comes time to go to Africa. I did on one trip, but I don't do it very often. I, 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 and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I certainly don't, don't look at myself as anywhere close to being the Apostle Paul, but when it comes to this work in Zimbabwe, if, if I could borrow that title in just a small way, I, I feel like Brother Stevens, of all those that have gone, would, would definitely be my, my Silas. I feel like he's the man that, that has done so much to help me in the work. I feel like and I'm not, not speaking down of any other man that's gone, but I feel like of all the men that have been a part of this work, I know in talking to Brother Stevens that he truly shares my vision and truly carries my burden. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's, uh, he, he doesn't go over there that he doesn't talk to me about. Here's what I feel like. Here's what I, I don't want to say anything that you don't want me to say. I don't want to I don't want to teach anything that you don't want me to teach over there. And, and it's, it's been a tremendous help. I really feel like that this man has held my hands up in this effort. And I appreciate that so much. So very, very much. Amen. Brother Stevens, I want you to come. I want you to take your liberty tonight. And uh, I don't want you to feel any pressure. But I want you to know you're the only thing standing between uh, us and a good night's sleep tonight we got to leave the house about five in the morning and uh, so preach as long as you want but we got to get up early in the morning praise God no I'm just I'm just harassing him I do want him to take his liberty tonight I want him to preach whatever he feels tonight amen now I know after saying all this he'll get up and tell you about me preaching for three and a half hours in Africa or whatever it is. Whatever that lie is, he goes around telling everybody. Uh, he'll, he'll probably stretch it out a little bit longer tonight. Say it was four hours or something. I don't know. No telling what he'll do. But don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Um, I, I, I don't do that. I don't preach that long most of the time. But I haven't ever preached four hours to you. There was not one amen. I have never preached four hours to this church. All right, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. It may have seemed like it a few nights, but it wasn't. I promise you, it wasn't. Oh, hallelujah. Well, all right. Somehow we got to quit clowning around and get serious tonight. 
Amen. Brother Stevens, we are truly glad you're here. I mean that. And I do want you to come and take your liberty. Amen. Just obey the Holy Ghost. Everyone say, Brother Stevens, preach to me. Would you say that? Brother Stevens, preach to me. Let's lift our hands and our voice to God and ask him to join us tonight. Let his anointing be upon our ears, our hearts. God, we need your presence right now, Lord. God, you've been in this service thus far, Lord. God, your word is already anointed, God, but I pray, Lord, you would anoint everything, God, about the remainder of this service, Lord. And can we all say amen? Praise God. Well, it's good to be in Olathe, and I count it an honor to be here tonight with your good pastor. Love and appreciate him so much, and Sister Regan. Uh, these, they'll never know what their friendship means to us and what it means to me when I'm in a bond and uh, need him to send me notes. <laughs> And uh, he's been very gracious on, on topics that uh, are very hard to uh, understand. You're very, very blessed to have the man of God that you have. Very, very blessed. And if I've been here before, and I have a couple of times, you've probably heard me say this, don't ever let his voice get familiar. And uh, I tell my people sometimes, I say, look, if you're going to let my voice get too familiar, I'll get someone in here that's boring, can't preach, monotone, and that you just, <laughs> that you just really don't like, and uh, then you'll want to hear me preach. And I believe that's exactly what Brother Riggins done here tonight. So uh, you're going to like him a whole lot more after I get done. Anyway, I love having fun, and... Uh, I've, I have wrestled with this in my mind for the last several days. And my pastor told me one time, he said, all you can do is uh, do what you feel like the Lord has given you direction to do and leave the results up to God. What, what makes me nervous about preaching another man's pulpit is early on in my ministry, I was invited to preach at a different church. When I got done preaching... Uh, nothing really happened and uh, the pastor told me later that evening he said you know we really just don't have that problem at our church and uh, I thought Lord work it out to where I don't ever have to preach there again <laughs> and uh, anyway but I've I've overcame that but anyway all I'm gonna do tonight I'm gonna deliver to you what I feel like uh, I have this has weighed heavy heavy on my spirit for several days uh, I'll be honest with you I've taught this to our church uh, Sunday morning we did not have church Sunday night my brother preached Tuesday night I cannot get this off of me I cannot get it off of me so uh, tonight uh, I'm gonna continue on with this what I feel in my spirit the book of first Kings chapter 20 we're going to read verses 1 through 4 first Kings chapter 20 and verses 1 through 4 if you got it say amen 
And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver, thy gold, all of your money, every bit of it, it's mine. Your wives, your children, even the goodliest are mine. I'm taking it. And the king of Israel answered and said, My Lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. And if you know this story, you know it gets better. But I want to focus on the attitude of Ahab in the beginning of this uh, setting of Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 20. And I want to talk to us tonight for a while, overcoming the attitude of defeat. Overcoming the attitude of defeat. Let's pray again. unto the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You can be seated. I, I thought about this setting of Scripture when you read these first four verses. All, all you can see here is just a defeated spirit, defeated attitude of someone that here, here's somebody, all they do is just send word, this is what I'm fixing to do. I'm going to take everything that belongs to you. And instead of sending word back, you can take it, but it's not leaving here without a fight. I, I knew a man one time, and I told this to our church, uh, big old boy walked up to him, and he said, he said, I'm about to give you a whipping. And he said, you may whip me, he said, but you're going to know what kind of cologne I wear and you're going to know what I ate for breakfast because I'm going to put up the best fight that uh, you ever seen in your life. But as, as I look into this generation that we live in, everywhere you look, it just seems like people are just so defeated. And from business, people getting into business, uh, there's more people dropping out of school uh, around our area than I've ever seen. I don't know if that's the way it is in Kansas, but in Arkansas, it just seems like children just become defeated as a young age and have the attitude, I can't do this, so I'm walking out. I'm not going to finish school. People start college and uh, start out. Uh, it looks like they're going to get an education in one area, and they say, that's too hard, so I'm going to try something easier. And there, it just seems like people are so defeated in this hour that we live in. 
And so the purpose for this study tonight is I want us to first identify uh, what having a, if I could say it like this, a defeated spirit. I believe some people it's a spirit that gets a hold of them. I believe with some people it's just their attitude, but I believe that some people can take it a step farther and it can be more of a spirit that they're entertaining than anything else. But I want us to be able to identify it and I want us to be able to learn how we can overcome it. So for a little while tonight, I want to try my best to help somebody. And if nothing else, I'll just help myself. I'll be preaching to me. But number one, when you have a problem, the first thing you got to do is identify that you have a problem. It's like this. Someone came to our church one time. They were very demonic. We was not able to uh, cast the demon out of the person. Literally, we had to physically drag this lady out of our church. I had a visiting preacher that day, and uh, she came to the front. She slapped him in the face five good times in the face, uh, knocked the glasses off of his head. It was, it was a circus at our church. Uh, we dragged that lady out of the church. Her attitude changed as soon as she left the church. And I've thought about that so many times. And someone asked me one time, said, Brother Stevens, why were we not able to cast the devil out? Now, if you feel different about this, uh, you can change it when we get back from Africa or come up right behind me and change it. But I believe this, that someone has to want to be delivered before there's deliverance. And when we have a defeated attitude, we have to want to be delivered from that before we can ever be delivered. And no matter what you're dealing with in life, uh, whether it be a spirit or just a sin or if it's just something in your flesh, you've literally got to want to overcome that before you're really able to even overcome it. To defeat is to destroy or frustrate, to beat or to win victory over. Self-defeating is to frustrate one's own intentions or interests, to sabotage one's actions and failing to achieve goals. I, I believe this today. I don't believe there's one thing more devastating to the human mind than to have an attitude that is always defeated. I can't think of it. Think of this. People, people that are defeated become reckless. They become careless. They feel like they just don't measure up. It brings depression. It brings doubt. It makes them feel unaccepted. It makes them feel ashamed. Most people that I get around that battle this become introverts. People that are living in defeat battle isolation, and they become withdrawn. They don't have many friends because they don't feel like they can make friends. They're just defeated. Well, I can't make friends. I can't. I just can't do that. And that's exactly what uh, an attitude of defeat will cause you to do. It'll cause you to say things like, I can't do that. What's the use? No one will listen. I'm tired of trying. I'm throwing in the towel. We have to be careful what we say to our children. 
or we will be guilty of causing them to battle defeat at a young age. We will be the cause of that. Don't ever, don't ever tell your children they're stupid or they're dumb or you're just, you're retarded. I'm going to tell you something. And I don't even know if I'm preaching this in the right church. But here's, here's the problem with calling your children names and always speaking defeat to them. Is if you're not careful, they'll start believing that, what you say. And they'll accept that in their mind at a young age. And literally, the things that people say to their children when uh, they look at their child and... And the parent immediately accepts defeat and thinks, my child will never amount to anything. So they begin to tell their child, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to succeed in life. I hope you enjoy picking up cans on the side of the road because that's all you know how to do. You'll, you'll never have anything. You'll never drive a nice car. You'll never live in a nice home. You'll probably never even be married because no one will have you. And I've heard most of these things said to children. And that bothers me in, in my lifetime. I'm not saying uh, recently, but, but I've heard, I have heard parents say such degrading things to their children. And when their children are grown, they wonder why their children don't have any respect for them. They wonder why their children want to move off. And Well, praise the Lord. How do you react to your children when they tell you their dream? How do you respond? I believe this. I believe it's okay to look at your child and, and uh, try to get them to get into a different field based on the idea that it's going to get them off track. You're not going to be able to live for God. But if you are destroying their dream based on the idea that you don't feel like they can be successful, you, you are guilty of destroying their dream. I, I look at the children in our church all the time, and I, and, I, and I call them by name, and I say, when are you going to learn how to play the keyboard? But, but children have such a defeated attitude because they go take one lesson, they didn't succeed. Nobody bragged on them. Nobody told them they were doing any good. And they throw in the towel and they never take another lesson. Well, praise the Lord anyway. Can we all say praise the Lord? And so you, you destroy their hopes. You destroy their dreams. They, they never become good at anything because you didn't think they could become good at anything. And they get old and they're picking up cans on the side of the road because that's what you told them that they were going to do when they get older. Can we all clap our hands unto the Lord? How do you respond when they try their best and fail? I'm going to tell you how you should respond to your child when they fail. You ought to respond to them 
like you would want your pastor to respond to you. Some of the things we say to our children, we sure wouldn't want anybody else saying that to us. Well, praise the Lord. One thing I cannot stand, it's probably my biggest pet peeve, is we have a whole lot of prophets in this world, but it's aftermath. It's after the situation's over. And then they say, I knew that wouldn't work. I knew that wouldn't work. I don't know why you was doing that to begin with. I, I had a guy one time stand right beside me, helped me do something. When it was over with, it didn't work. And he said, yeah, I knew that wouldn't work. And I thought in my mind, well, why didn't you tell me why we were doing it? Why didn't you tell me before we'd done all this work? I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's easy to uh, develop a defeated attitude in somebody when you start degrading them. And when they do their very best, you look at them and say, I knew that wouldn't work. You were crazy for trying. That was stupid to begin with. Can you all smile at me tonight? It's the truth anyway. It's the truth in any way. I didn't think that would work out. I just didn't feel real good about that. Sure, you didn't. Some people would do a whole lot better in life if they could just learn to uh, know what duct tape was really created for. Uh, about a good six-inch piece <laughs> does, does wonders for some people. How often, how often do you say positive things to your children? How often do you look at them and say, you can do this? I've got confidence in you. When everybody else walks out on them and everybody else has give up on them and people are saying things like they're, they're never going to amount to anything, you put your arm around them and say, son or sis, daddy, daddy's got confidence in you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it through this. When they're under pressure and they're feeling peer pressure at school and they're being made fun of, we, we ought to not try to teach our children to go to the playground and draw a knife and try to cut someone's throat but we need to be teaching them how to react to peer pressure and and show a uh, friendly attitude have an attitude of victory when they step on the playground and I'm gonna tell you how you can do that is when they're feeling the pressures of this world and it's caving in all around them I'm gonna tell you there's there's nothing I can think of that can build your child's confidence faster than you putting your arm around them, looking them in the eye, and telling them, I'm thankful you're my son. I'm thankful God gave you to me. When was the last time you looked at your child and just told them, I love you? I'm thankful for you. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. When was the last time that you looked at your wife and told her you loved her? When was the last time you looked at your husband 
told him, I love you. I told this to our church. I said, sometimes men wonder why their wife won't do her best and dress up and look nice and all that and look neat. But they never compliment them one time. They, they want this extravagant meal cooked for supper, but never one time have they complimented their wives cooking. You get what you pay for. You want her to do better? Then you've got to let her know you appreciate it. If you want him to do better, then you've got to let him know that you appreciate it. Brother Jared, you just thought you did bad at my place. So here I am. <laughs> Let me ask you, Brother Jared, how in the world would you have felt at Mountain View after you got done? And I took you to the side, and I said, Brother Jared, that was the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my life. You don't, you don't got no business preaching. You need to go pick up cans. You, you would never want to preach for me again, would you? You wouldn't. But, but that's people's attitude in this world. And if we're not careful, we'll let it creep in the church. It's, listen to me, everybody. It's okay to compliment people. It, it has never caused cancer. It has never caused diabetes. You're, you're not going to lose friends by complimenting them. But, but you won't be able to find a friend in this world when you have an old negative degrading attitude that every time people get around you all you have to say is negative negative things oh can we clap our hands under the Lord well praise God praise God typically people with a defeated attitude don't do anything you ask them to do and and it's not really that that a lot of people are just lazy and don't want to do it. They just have the attitude, I can't do that. I don't know if you've ever dealt with it here, but a few years ago, we were having a struggle in the Sunday school department and trying to find extra Sunday school teachers, people that wanted to help out with the children. We went to an uh, individual in the church and said, I feel like you would be good in this area. Immediately, their response was, I cannot do that. There's absolutely no way. People give up without even trying. I've never seen the like of people that, that will start out living for God and everything looks good, but the first battle they face, they throw in the towel. And, and they feel like, well, I've, I've, I've went ahead and I've sinned and I might as well fall away from God because I'm so defeated. And, and nobody encouraged them. Nobody went to them and said, I believe in you. You're going to make it through this. It, it bothers me that the church I pastor, it seems like we care a whole lot more after someone's already gone. Well, praise the Lord. Why is it? We, we wait till we don't want to befriend this sister. No one's talked to her in services after services. Maybe it's just at Mountain View. I, I tell you, it, it bothers me when we have a new convert walk in the door and everybody is in their own little cliques over here in corners and the new convert is embarrassed that they even came to church. 
I'm, I'm all right taking this sister out to eat, but, but I'd never take. I'd take that brother. Jared, that'd be cool. Let's go play basketball. But when was the last time a new convert walked in and you said, I'm going to show him kindness? You see, what we want is, our, our attitude is, when they walk through the door, we expect them to change overnight. Or we become defeated as a church. I, I see it in, in the church I pastor. We, we want it right then. But, but can I tell you that the promise that God made to the children of Israel, that he would drive out their enemy before them little by little. Little by little. It, it don't happen overnight, but too many times in anything we do, we seem so defeated because we're not victorious overnight. We don't get our healing the first time we go get prayed for, and we're defeated. We're going to die with this. We're going to die with it. I, I saw a lady, a lady I love very much. She was diagnosed with oral cancer. And, and when they diagnosed her with that, the very day she accepted, I'm going to die with this, she quit trying. She never was in the prayer line. She didn't want to be prayed for. This is going to get me, and she accepted defeat, just like Ahab's attitude. I'm done. We're done. We, we can't make it through this. We can't do it. I, I'll never forget as a child, I was... We're going down the road, and and vehicle ran out of gas. We're miles from a gas station. We're sitting on the side of the road. My mama crawled down the floorboard of the car, and she began to pray. And my daddy was defeated, so defeated in his mind. He looked at my mama, and I'll never forget these words. He said, why are you praying? What's the use What's the use? What, what can God do at this point? Oh, someone needs to hear me tonight. What, what can God do at this point? And my mama began to pray, and my daddy tried it again. And, and as God is my witness, that vehicle started back up and we probably drove 25 or 30 miles down the road before we got to a gas station. I'm going to tell you all the difference in the world was someone may have had a uh, defeated attitude, but somebody else had a spirit of victory that said, you know what, I've seen God work this out before and God will work it out again. Oh, can we clap our hands unto God? Matthew 17 and 20, And Jesus saith unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible. Everybody say impossible. Do you believe what you just read? Do, do you really believe that? That nothing shall be impossible. Then why are you looking at your situation like it's impossible? I'm going to tell you why. It's because 
and mountain moving, our attitude is, I pray one time, and if the mountain's not moved, God wouldn't do it. That was the will of God for me to be defeated. Where Brother Dowd lives, we had, we had been going up there. It was probably two or three years. They were making a new bypass in uh, to go around there. It's, I believe it's a place called Greenville, I think is the name of that. But the bypass to go around this town, it took them years to make it because there was a mountain in the way. But every time you go up there, there was more and more and more of the mountain removed. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Can I tell you, every time you pray about your situation, maybe just a little bit more of your mountains being removed. Don't, don't have the attitude I'm throwing in the towel. I'm not going to fast about this anymore. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm not going to talk to my pastor about it anymore. But you just need to have the attitude, my mountain is in the process of being removed. I'm going to be victorious over this. I'm going, I'm going to be victorious over this. I'm going to make it through this trial. God's seen me through so many situations before, and God's not going to fail me down. I want to ask you tonight, when was the last time you complimented your pastor? When, when was the last time you walked up to him or his wife and said, y'all are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Y'all are the best thing that's ever happened to my children. Even after it's one of those three-hour messages. You brought it on yourself. <laughs> Come on now. I'm going to tell you, you never know what's going through his mind. Brother Jared, you'll never know what your pastor deals with and the frustration he's dealing with and the devil is trying to defeat him every day of your life. You want him praying for you. When do you pray for him? When you do good, you want him to say, hey, you're doing good, sister. You're doing good, brother. You keep up the good work. But when was the last time you dropped by his house and said, pastor, I just want to let you know you're doing a good job. I'm going to tell you something. You can put an end to a lot of his stress and a lot of her stress if you'll just get on the boat with him. The church I pastor, there's about three people that come up to me and tell me after every sermon, Pastor, I appreciate that. You was preaching to me today. There's about those same three people will come to me and my wife and maybe bake us a cake at times, bring to our house and say, I just want you to know I'm thankful God placed us in your life to where you could lead us and help us get to heaven. But how often do you do that? Or do you have the attitude tonight, you look around in a church service like this, we, we get it in our mind that all these people that are not here and, and what we could have had,
the service we could have had if everybody would have showed up. I'm going to tell you something. That is a defeated attitude. Because we don't need to think about who's missing or what we've lost, but we need to think about what we have and what we're going to do and stay focused on what we have. And have the attitude it's going to be the best service we've ever had. It's going to be the best worship service we ever have. I'm going to leave here encouraged in my spirit. I'm going to be able to face tomorrow. I'm going to be able to make it through my trial. God's going to give me strength. God's going to give me happiness. This service was for me. I'm here, and that's all that matters. Well, praise the Lord. Let's all clap our hands unto God. There's an attitude of defeat that comes upon a church when people walk out. Just walk out. They do. People that walk out have a defeated attitude. I just, I can't deal with that anymore. I can't deal with it. I've, I've dealt with it in our church. And uh, I don't want to just keep making reference to things I deal with. But I've had people come to me in the last few years and say, I just can't keep doing this. I, I can't keep going on. We're, we're thinking about just dropping out. And you know what? That's, that's exactly what the devil's intentions are. That's why he talks to you in your mind. Can I tell you that recently we've, we've had a young lady sow discord into our church and almost split our church from telling lies. And people would not quit texting her, would not quit contacting her to the point that she almost caused good families to quit. When I sat down and talked to them, they, they literally told me, they said, we, we heard that so much that a part of us started believing it. We just started believing it. And we was ready to walk out and call it quits. My God. You listen to me, church. Y'all have got a great thing going here. And I know you've probably heard this before, but you do not realize how good you've got it. I, I really, really, really don't think you understand who you have for a pastor. Some of y'all don't believe that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, and he can correct it later, but it's the truth. This, this man could pastor any church any size church anywhere. He's, he's as good as anybody out there. In my opinion, he's, he is right up there with anybody in Pentecost. And someone here needs to know that. You ain't going to find a better preacher. You ain't going to find a better preacher. There's one that believes it. You're not going to find a better preacher in Pentecost. God didn't make them any better. 
better. And more importantly than that, that's your pastor. That's your man of God. And if you don't have that attitude, you will be defeated. And the devil will destroy you. He'll destroy your mind because you'll quit listening to what he's got to say. And you'll have the attitude, maybe someone else can give me better direction. I'm going to tell you something. God plants you in certain areas. When God plants a flower in a field, when you pull that flower up out of the field and it's removed from its food source, it immediately starts dying. Immediately. It's over with. You ain't going to make it live because that's where it was rooted. Oh, help me tonight. Help me tonight. I'm going to tell you before you leave here tonight, before you leave here, you come hug this man up and you hug this woman up and you ought to tell them how much you appreciate them. God placed you in my life. Listen to me. It's not going to hurt. I'm going on a trip. If I thought it was going to cause me to die, I wouldn't do it. But Brother Reagan, I thank God that he placed you in my life for a reason. I need you. You're, you're my elder. I don't feel like I would be the man I am today if it wasn't for you in my life. I thank God for my pastor. And I thank God for the few friends that I have. But I believe this man was placed in my life for a reason. And I don't even look to him as my pastor. But I pray to God y'all feel about this man the way I feel about him. Because you know what? I would fight for the man. I would fight for this man. I would fight for this man. Would you fight for this man? Would you fight for this lady? If your family and your co-workers are trying to turn you against them, would you fight? If backsliders from this church are trying to turn you away from this good man and this good lady, would you fight? It's time to have an attitude that bleeds victory and not defeat. There's no one going to take my preacher out of my life. I'm going to fight for him. I'm going to fight for her. You need them for survival, church. Clap your hands unto Jesus. Go ahead and clap your hands. tonight entertain the spirit you feel in this place tonight
Come gather around the front. Let's stand. Hebrews 11 and 33 through 40. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Wax violent and fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Here, here is a whole group of people. They watched God always do it for everybody else. Others were blessed, but they weren't blessed. Others received sight, but they never received sight. When the lion was after them to devour them, they watched while others were delivered from the lion's mouth. But they was not delivered from the lion's mouth. They never got out of their trial. But I love verse 39. And all and these all having obtained a good report through faith. Receive not the promise. You see, Brother Jared, they stepped out on the battlefield and they were defeated. But their attitude was the entire time they were fighting. In their mind, they thought they were going to win the battle. There, there are many, many soldiers that are in the ground today, in the grave. We just made it through Memorial Day. And, and we honor them on that day. But I'm going to tell you, there are some of those that when they stepped on the battlefield, their, their attitude was before they ever went into battle, I'm going to lose this battle. But I'm going to tell you, there are a whole lot more in the ground today that when their feet hit the soil of that battlefield they girded on their sword they girded their weapon on and they had no intentions of losing that battle some of you here tonight you listen to me Some of you right here in this place tonight, you do not feel like you'll ever make it through your situation. You really feel like it. You've accepted defeat, and you, and you think in your mind, it's just always going to be this way. I'll always have to battle this. I'll never get over it. But God offers victory tonight. I'm going to tell you, every trial you go through, 
you, you have it in your mind, I'm going through this trial. God don't design trials that we stay in the midst of those trials. But God designs trials to take us through the fire. And when we get on the other side, we're always a lot stronger than we ever was in the beginning. You know what? God's tried this church over the years. He has. Y'all know what it's like to suffer church split. Y'all know what it's like to see people you loved and you cherished walk out the door to never come back. You know what that feels like. Does that give you license to just give up? And say, what's the use in winning souls if they're just going to walk out? Brother, we teach more Bible studies. And we win more. And if they walk out, we'll go win more. But we're going to find a people, and we're going to build it back up, because that's what God wants you to do. That's what God wants you to do. God's church has always been victorious. And the Bible literally declares that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It has not since the church began, and it will not in the year that we live today. The church of God will not be defeated. And if you belong to this church, you don't need to have a defeated spirit. Praise him, everybody. Praise him tonight. Somebody needs to leave victorious tonight. Somebody here needs encouraged in the spirit. Somebody here needs happiness. Somebody needs to know God knows your need, He sees your situation. And he's seen you through before, and he'll see you through today. Once you go to someone tonight and join up with them and let's pray for a few minutes. Pray for their need. Pray for one another's need tonight. Come on, that brother or that sister you're laying hands on tonight, pray for them. Pray for their situation. Edify one another tonight. <laughs> 